This is the Anatomy of a Scream Pod Squad Network. Hello, guys, gals, and spooky pals. Welcome back to another episode of 28 Days Later. I am one of your hosts, Sophie, joined as always by my co-host, sister, and best friend, Hannah. How's it going, Hannah? <laughs> it's me! <laughs> <laughs> I wanted there to be a long pause so that people would be like, maybe it's not going to be her. What she really meant is she wanted there to be a long pause, so I had to edit it out later. <laughs> no, I wanted it to be, like, suspenseful. Like, is it really going to be her? Is she still with us? <laughs> it's, it's really great because we're on Zoom at the same time we're recording. Because we're out of practice, we need to see each other's body language. And I was just staring at Hannah, <laughs> staring dead-eyed at my face, silently. So... <laughs> Thank you. You should, describe what I, you should describe what I look like right now, too, because that only makes it better. Maybe you should share with people what you look like right now. I think you should, or let's have uh, our other co, let's have our special guest describe it, because I, I think he'll put a nice, a nice spin on it. Air Perfect. <laughs> Let me introduce our special guest, and he can describe what Hannah looks like. We are joined by one of our all-time favorite guests, our brother, Ryan. How's it going, Ryan? It's me. <laughs> Thank you for not waiting as long. You have to You're welcome. <laughs> I hope Please everyone considers Hannah me their the spooky pal. Um, so she's on her. We'll start at the head. She's wearing what I've well, what I assumed when we received the text was a hair mask, but I've since gathered from context clues that that's underneath what she's wearing on her head and is wearing a shower cap to protect the hair mask, which I'm still unsure what that is. <laughs> you thought this, you thought the plastic thing on my head was the hair mask? Yeah, I just, I don't know what a hair mask is, so I assumed it was a type of shower cap. Some kind of mask like- for your hair. I mean, I mean it, it makes sense, right? It's like a sheet mask is what he's thinking. Thinking. Mm-hmm. Right. Hair mask hair... is usually like a conditioner type consistency, maybe a little bit thicker that you like put on your hair and leave on and then you wash it out later. I appreciate the clarification. I will forget this within minutes of <laughs> you telling, having explained it, it to they me. It could be great for your beard. I think yeah. the reason she's wearing the shower cap is for heat. Yes. Because yes. it's a heat activated hair mask. So okay, heat activated hair mask. But despite being warm, the water that drips down is quite cold, so she has a towel draped around her neck to protect it from the cold drips of water, and so as not to get the rest of her outfit wet, just a sports bra under the towel. (laughs) (laughs) And quite possibly my largest pair of glasses. (laughs) Nothing but the best for our listeners. Um, So... I wanted to take a second, if you're listening to this show and you've never heard it before, welcome. We're so happy to have you. Hannah and I strive to create a space that kind of feels like you're having a drunk brunch with your friends and talking about horror movies. Um, If you have listened to us before and you're thinking, where the fuck have these ladies been? I have not heard them in my ears for such a long time. That is a great question. And we would like to encourage you to come back to our next mini episode where we will be explaining some changes in our format as where as well as where the fuck we have been for I think a year ish since we last recorded um but we're very just about so we're very excited to be back um we're gonna start by uh sort of like really really pushing the boundary of what qualifies as horror um in a way that we like to do here uh, but before we get into the movie and what it's about, I would like everyone to tell me what you're drinking tonight while we discuss. And I will start. I am having some whiskey because that is the first drink our protagonist has in the film while she is on a very famous plane ride. And I will leave it at that. Ryan, what are you drinking while we record? I am also on theme for this horrifically beautiful movie. Uh, drinking... <laughs> Eggnog spiked with bourbon, and it is quite delicious. But it has to be stirred, so if you hear me tinkering with the ice cubes, I'm just mixing up my cocktail. Although I went through it, 
I went through it much faster than I was expecting, so it won't last very long into the recording. I don't. Yeah, think. spoiler alert! I drank my whole whiskey while we were preparing for the episode. It's already gone. Um, Hannah, before I ask you, I just wanted to let Ryan know that today my husband found a video of a man who made malort nog. Uh, so I will be sending you that recipe. He puts a lot of other stuff in there to make it palatable. It's um, been on my list of things to try. We've done tequila nog. Don't recommend. We've done gin. Don't recommend. We've pretty much tried everything we could to make it horrible. Uh, except malort. So Have you put port in an eggnog? Because I feel like port in eggnog no, would actually did, be very good. We did white wine to make an eggnog spritz. And it was, <laughs> that was one of the worst ones. <laughs> That's awful. Disgusting. And speaking of things that are disgusting, Hannah, what are you drinking? Oh, great. Actually, that was a perfect segue, Sophie, in two ways that you don't even realize yet. One of the things is it occurred to me uh, last night, actually, when I was thinking about this. I do believe one of the last episodes we ever filmed, or filmed, recorded, (laughs) was uh, with my ex-boyfriend. It was in January. It was after I had found out that I was allergic to his semen. Yes. <laughs> and I, because that was before, <laughs> that was before a holiday classic holiday in handcuffs episode. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, just keeping that in mind. And for anyone who's new, you should definitely go back and find that episode because it's a great one. Yes. Watch holiday in handcuffs. It's required watching and listen to our episode if you haven't already. Cause we try to talk about it like it's a horror movie. Yes. And it's not that dissimilar <laughs> to the vibe of this or how this is going to be, I think. Right. Uh, also, what I am drinking, because I recently moved, and I am waiting to start my new job at the moment, so my resources are limited, I made a peach tea last night, which is like an iced tea, but it's very watered down, because I just I only had like two tea bags of it. Um, and then I didn't have anything to put in it, except I had white wine. I was like, that won't work. And then I had... <laughs> As a joke, one of my friends gave me Fireball when I moved. So I am drinking Fireball mixed into a very watered-down peach iced tea. <laughs> that sounds like it could work. It sounds Wearing a shower cap. desperate, but it sounds like it could work. <laughs> Wearing a shower cap and a towel and a sports bra, drinking... Basically water and fireball. You know, I think there's a lesson in all of this, which is that we all become so wrapped up in the commercialism of Christmas. And sometimes it's really about appreciating what you already have. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you have to fall far before you can appreciate what you have. You know what I mean? And sometimes... That's a great tie into the movie. I was going to say it sometimes. You just have to listen to that Bruno Mars song that's like, uh, you make me feel like I've been kicked out of heaven. (laughs) On that note, uh, this movie and actually this episode came about because Hannah and I have been trying to figure out when is the best time to come back again. Listen to our forthcoming mini episode where we'll tell you all about why it's taken so long. Um, And... In a conversation that I recently had with Ryan, I learned that a holiday rom-com that Hannah and I forced him to watch several years ago has become a beloved tradition for him. And I was like, well, we have to do a podcast episode about this. Um, So Ryan, can you tell us what the movie is and then give us like a brief overview of what the plot is like? Yes. So the movie is Angry Angel. And I will also clarify that i am usually not a fan of like hallmark christmas movies cheesy like over the top cheesy christmas movies usually aren't my deal i walked into the room as you all were watching this movie and fell in love with it (laughs) and i've actually i haven't seen it since then but i tell so many people about it but I never get the name right, so they've probably never seen it. Because I'm always like, it's like Bad Angel or Evil Angel or something negative and then Angel. <laughs> but finally remember that it was called Angry Angel. And basically, the plot, I just feel like it's a very creative idea for a movie. The idea is that when you die, if you weren't good enough in your life to earn a spot in heaven, but you weren't bad enough to be condemned to hell 
you don't go to purgatory. Instead, you get sent back to Earth, and basically you have a debt of miracles that you have to perform on Earth to accumulate enough goodwill points to earn your way into heaven. And so basically we join our main character on a very famous flight, as Sophie mentioned, the the Sully Sullenberger flight, Miracle on the Hudson. That's her big miracle. She needs 50,000 points to get into heaven. She kicks it off real strong, saving everyone on that plane to earn 40,000 points, but then really struggles to get that last 10,000. And so we watch her as basically an extremely selfish (laughs) individual, only doing good deeds to try to earn her spot in heaven and struggling to do so. Um, But there's a lot of greatness along with it. Her sort of spirit guide is Jason Biggs, who's an angel, but plays himself, which I also think is just a great plot point that basically a lot of celebrities are actually angels and they turn you into charismatic, good looking people because they're like, if we send you down and you don't look good, it's going to be hard for you to do miracles because nobody's going to trust or listen to you. Yeah, like people don't want... Although it is interesting because they address this later, like she will get into it, but she's sort of like competing with this other angel whose new body is like a very attractive black man. And he performs a miracle uh, for an elderly white guy who immediately suspects him of stealing his wallet. Yes. Um, So I think that was a great plot synopsis, Ryan. And I would just say that uh, I thought of this, what I think is very funny, although I'm telling this to my two biggest critics. Um, I feel like the... Uh, sort of like log line or subtitle for this movie should be every time an app rings, an angel fights for its wings. I love that. They, they, they both, the, the way that they figure out like what miracles are available to them is they have an app that's like, here are opportunities for you to perform miracles in your vicinity, which is like accepting an Uber ride, like Uber drivers accepting a ride, yes! like nearby ride worth this exactly. many points. <laughs> I also think like when you were explaining Ryan, sort of like the plot of the movie, I was going to say like, I, as much as I love, and we will talk about how I do love sort of like the lore that is created in this context of this movie. It is very funny to me that the basis of getting into heaven is essentially based off of like a capitalist app <laughs> yeah. like system and like most of the angels paid. we meet suck <laughs> like yes, they're just like right? they're just assholes and like one of the first things she says is like they don't they don't um like being an angel doesn't really grant you any like special privileges so you still have to work and you still have to pay like your credit card debt Mm-hmm. Which is like, yikes. But also, if everything is based off of a very capitalist system, that does make sense. Um, also, I wanted to clarify with Ryan's um, explanation of the movie. Yes, you are not a huge fan of very cheesy Christmas movies, but you are, I would say, a pretty big fan of like rom-coms. Oh, yes. I do love a good love story, for yeah. sure. And you do love some like really sentimental Christmas movies like Polar Express. Yes. I well I love Christmas movies in general. Huge, huge fan. He's just um, not, like, and a big I would Hallmark say dude. I'm yeah, warming up to some of the cheesiness, probably for the number that I've watched with Lauren, but also like we just watched the new Lindsay Lohan Falling for Christmas. And I liked it. I haven't watched it yet. <laughs> And I liked it. I wish I I had a video of Ryan do like tossing his head back (laughs) and I liked it. Um, It was very over the top corny. Like the dialogue was hard to listen to sometimes, but it was very fun. Yeah. (laughs) Ryan, did you ever watch the Christmas Prince on Netflix? No. Oh, Ryan, you got to get into it. Also the night before Christmas, but it's like K-N-I, the night. Um, What is that one? It's the one with Vanessa Hudgens and like an actual medieval knight who gets transported for... No, 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 no. That's, um... Oh, that's <laughs> a different one! That's, that's... I don't remember. The Night Before Christmas, I think is Vanessa Hudgens, and a medieval knight gets, like, teleported into the future. And she th- and she's, like, an English teacher who's just, like, really good at her job, and she, like, is super hot, but she can't find anyone to date. And then she... She thinks this guy's an actor, and then he lives with her, and he's, like, very confused and befuddled by modern technology. It's fine. It's really stupid. It's very funny. I've not seen um, that one. That sounds like a great time. That's kind yeah, of put like, it, um, there's one, called the, there's one called Snow Globe with Christina Milian from back in the day, where she goes inside of a snow globe, and she starts dating a man inside the snow globe who's literally, like, a person in a snow globe, so he has no idea what any 
thing is. Can he actually consent? We don't know. (laughs) Right, exactly. And she loves it. She's just like, ha, 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 ha. Like, like, I love how you don't care about anything except for building snowmen. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and so, Ryan, I don't even know if you realize this, but talking about this movie and having this be the movie we talk about as our comeback episode is beautiful because the first ever episode of 28 Days Later was a Brenda Song joint. In the form of Secret Obsession, which is a phenomenal erotic thriller starring Brenda Song. Erotic thriller. Yeah, that's a genre I've only ever heard Sophie mention. And I've heard you mention it to describe so many movies. I'm like, I I didn't know that I'm sorry that you guys are the younger siblings. I don't know how erotic it is. (laughs) I feel... It wants to be. It wants to be an erotic. Yes, it is like in the style of eroticism. To be fair, it's in the style of erotic. (laughs) (laughs) Will all the Tom Hankses or won't all the Tom Hankses? Anyway, actually, that movie is a straight up horror movie. Every time, every time the hobo Tom Hanks is on screen. (laughs) Oh God. Okay, so. Ryan, tell us like your one or two sentence, like how did this movie hold up for you on the rewatch? What was that experience like? It held up great. It was, I mean, it was, I fully recognize that it's so cheesy. Um, I didn't remember like how mean she is as a person to everyone in her life. Like she's just because her whole kind of vibe is like she's only back on Earth temporarily. You're not allowed to have any contact with anyone from your past life, so it's like why make new relationships? Because I'm just gonna leave. But she treats everyone so terribly, um, yeah. ju- and is just about trying to accumulate the points. So forgot how like unredeemable a character she was for most of the movie, Do you but know still what loved movie? it makes me realize though is when we're introduced to her on that that famous flight that was like her first one of her first miracles that was early days right yeah she is still so mean yeah to everyone like she we are introduced to her ordering like she asked the she slips the flight attendant a 50 and is basically like give me like all of the whiskey that you have mm-hmm. and when the flight attendant is like I'll get back to you. She grabs the guy next to hers. Drink. <laughs> Bloody Mary. And starts drinking it. And she's like, oh, whatever. It's fine. We're, this plane's going down anyway. It's the guy <laughs> next to her. But it was like, then we then we find out, like, then, you know, the main part of the story takes place, like, nine years later. And she's, like, jaded and terrible to everyone. But it's like, damn, girl, that was, that was you know, year one, and you were like, fuck yeah. everybody. No, that's Which a is weird, because it seems like she was a pretty good, at least decent person in her past life, so it's just like, why yeah. all of a sudden? Yeah, yeah, right? Like, she was just like... Yeah, it's a weird take. Hannah, tell me about, like, wh- what your experience was re-watching this movie. Like, how did it hit for you this time? Um, I, like Ryan, I was, uh, pleasantly surprised, because I was, like, I remember being cheesy, so, like, I hope it's not so bad that I can't watch it, especially because I don't know what year this movie is from. Do do either of you, is it, like, 2016 or something? It's gotta be 2016 or 2017, because... Well, just even... 2017. You know, it's very easy with things, especially, like, made-for-TV movies, when you go back to them with the 2022 lens to be like, oh, God. I have to say on that regard, I was pleasantly surprised with aspects of this movie. Like, in the beginning when she's explaining that she, when when she was alive on Earth, she was a white girl from Nebraska, I was like, why? <laughs> I was like, so weird. And then later, it, it, we understand it's like she has to, they're like a whole plot point is like they they can't look like they used to look they have to look completely different and like ryan said they have to be like attractive so people are instantly trusting of them um but yeah like i so i thought that that part of it like and i thought the humor was pretty good i thought stuff with jason biggs being an uh, actually being a really old ukrainian man was favorite character of the whole movie he's Um, so like charming and just like such a dick but like in a very charming and funny way when he looks at his ipad in the background is two really old people and he just (laughs) is like and he's like yeah what more can you want (laughs) it's just like my favorite was when he was he was with the background is him and his like because because 
spoiler, like the the background on his iPad is like his deceased former self and his wife. Wife, yeah. When the, in the yeah, like which is 90s. like so beautiful. Yeah. I just um, love I when he's down. meeting with the lady, the like the random girl that he picks up, and he's mm. drinking a martini, and he was like. In the movies, this would just be water. A little bit of Hollywood secrets for you. Like, every one of his lines is something like that. That's just like yeah. a throwaway. Just such a stupid I love line. it. When he's like, I, he's like, back when I was directed by Woody. Yeah. Because Alan. And she's yeah. like, yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah, who else would it be? So before we get into the movie, like, too far into the movie, I want to also throw in, like, mostly echo what the two of you said. I, it's so funny, Ryan, because when I told Hannah that you had brought this movie up, um, we were trying to remember in what context we watched it. And I, I was like, it must have been a time that I was living in Delaware Mm -hmm. because we were all watching it in what was my apartment at the time, but is now where our grandmother lives. Um, And I was like, I just remember all of us like sitting on or sitting around my bed and watching this movie. And I think like Hannah because it's one that I haven't revisited, I assumed that I didn't revisit it because it wasn't fun or like Mm -hmm. I didn't like, like I just, I was like, if I liked it, I mean, Holiday in Handcuffs, I watch every single year. And there are quite a few of these Christmas rom-coms that I like go back to. And I was like, well, this must be one that I didn't like if I haven't watched it again. But I'm so glad you talked about it because I think like both of you, I was so, uh, I had so much fun watching it. And I think a huge part of that, and we can talk more about this, is like, Brenda's song is so incredibly winning. Like, she's so charming. She's so lovely that, like, even when she's being terrible, she's really fun to watch. And that's not something that everybody can pull off. Um, and just, I would say if you like her in this movie, if you like that sort of air that she has in this movie, if you have not seen the Hulu show Dollface, um, She's a very similar character, albeit I feel like a little bit more like well-rounded, a little bit maybe more fleshed out, but um, very similar vibes, just as gorgeous. If you also just like staring at Brenda Song because she's so beautiful. So beautiful. Yeah. I mean, that show in general is great, but she's in particular is amazing in it. No, that's awesome. And, and just Ryan, because you love romance, her real life partner, Macaulay Culkin, is in an episode with her. And I love Macaulay Culkin. <laughs> they have a little tiny baby together. No, there's nothing I love more than Macaulay Culkin and romance. <laughs> oh my god. We're learning a lot of things about Ryan. I feel like I just sent the Christmas gifts and I should like re- get it back and get you something different. But uh, I'm going to put that are. on your tombstone. <laughs> nothing I love and I hope more. You get buried. I hope you get buried next to your wife. And says... <laughs> It says she'd understand. He, he didn't I love talk about it all the more time. Than Macaulay Culkin and romance. Fun Macaulay Culkin <laughs> fact: that's the only episode of SNL ever recorded that was off script, no cue cards, because his dad was like, "Professionals don't read off cue cards," and so they made the whole cast memorize their lines. And he Holy was a Christ. child. <laughs> Jesus Christ! Also, since he ended up being emancipated from his parents yikes yeah that's wild um since we touched on a little bit the jason biggs of it all i just wanted to say that something that just really tickled me and made me laugh so hard is that jason biggs is introduced to us like as the credits are rolling and he like turns around and is like it's me jason biggs and right below him it pops up and jason biggs <laughs> and like the timing of that is clearly intentional and was so so funny to me um I agree. Like, I think a lot of the humor in this and, like, the timing is quite well done. Like, It's very good. In my notes, I had written, even in, I was like, this opening is very dark. Especially because I didn't realize what it was at first. I thought people were actually going to die on the plane crash. <laughs> so I was like, this is very dark, but very funny. And I was like, it's kind of a surprising choice for, like, 2017. Mm-hmm. You mean when she turns to her, the person sitting next to her, and is like, quick, look on the wing, or quick, look, there's a gremlin on the wing, and he's like, what? She's like, just kidding, the engine's on fire. (laughs) 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 Uh, I'm Um, curious, Ryan, as our resident New Yorker, uh, so you might not know this as much since you don't watch as many Christmas rom-coms as Hannah and I, they love to set a movie in New York City, and I feel like New York City was much more a character in this it wasn't just like i'm from new york and i do business like i think they made a point of like 
making references to various train lines and talking about different neighborhoods. So I'm curious how you as a New Yorker felt that your city was represented. Um, fine. I would say Lauren would be the first one, my wife, to be like, he's not a New Yorker. New Yorker. And I for yes. sure agree. No matter how long I live here, I will never learn the subway lines or the geography of Manhattan. Uh, but the line that they referenced, which was like, funny thing, when you leave earth to go to heaven it's on a train to disconnect or it's on a bus to schenectady when you come when you get kicked out of heaven and come back to earth it's on the q train or the r or the n why do they have three trains that go to the same place and that's one of the first subway lines i learned because uh i would come into the city to visit my friend vince uh and he's on that line so that's one of the few subway lines that i actually know and you i think like, it's I've probably I think it's probably because a few of them are express, so they don't stop at all of the stations, would be my guess. But again, not a New Yorker. No well, real idea. Also, Ryan, like, this movie takes place in New York, but was probably filmed in, like, Canada. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. It's like, you are a New... You are, too, like, you are as much of a New Yorker as this movie actually is in New York. <laughs> but, like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna out you a little bit. There's a significant plot point in this film that takes place in Queens. Is that part of Queens near where you live at all? I have no idea. I didn't recognize... I know they said the neighborhood, and I was like, I don't think that's a real place. <laughs> <laughs> but it could be, and I might just not know. But we are, we are on the outskirts of what is considered Queens. Like, we yeah. are on a separate island from the rest of Queens. Oh, okay. So what I'm hearing is we really should scrap this whole episode and re-record it with your wife. Yes, she would have a much better understanding of the geography. <laughs> but yeah, it was very... I would say it was very... At that part, I remember distinctly thinking this is very unrealistic <laughs> in terms of like how much they focus on the New York piece of it. And most of the miracles they get offered, it's like you are minutes away from that yeah. miracle happening. So they have to rush. And that's why they're always racing to try to get to the miracle. Yeah. And she gets a notification of one, of one in Queens and she is in Manhattan and is like jumps in a cab and is like, quick, get me there and gets there right as it's about to happen. <laughs> cab ride would have been like 30 to 45 minutes <laughs> there's no shot it's the, the holidays tension. there's no shot <laughs> um so yeah let's take a second to talk about our protagonist pike uh played by brenda song like how do we feel about we all love brenda song like we are that's established how do we feel about pike as a character I love it. I'm hook, line, and sinker. I feel like I'm not as, uh, I'm more surface level with these analyses. I feel like y'all have more of the, <laughs> the in-depth piece, but I'm, I'm fully on board. Well, I would say if we're, comp if we're comparing to like other, um, like other Christmas movies, usually in a Christmas movie, we get a busy career woman mm -hmm. who has no time for a man because mm -hmm. she's just too into her business which right. has some kind of winter or holiday themed thing coming up that is going to be on christmas eve and that's why she has no time for a man and also she hates the holidays and also so. she hates the holidays because somebody yeah. she loves died on christmas <laughs> like always um so i do think in this movie, we're breaking a little bit from that in that we have a, a woman who doesn't care about her career, hates having to exist on this plane of existence <laughs> It's very 2022 in that way. Um, but still has no time for a love life, even though she's been essentially dating a man for a year. And every time he tries to talk to her about anything, she's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> I have to go. <laughs> Yeah, I thought that was interesting. We very rarely, if ever, get a Christmas movie like this where our female protagonist is, like, not tied to a man unless she's like, oh, my God, I hate being single. I'm 32 and single. Like, I'm going to die alone. Like, yeah, that's I did true. appreciate that she's like, I can have as much casual sex as I want. Like, that was cool. But I was also like... You're being very unkind to this human, however. Like, saying, but you don't have to be so, <laughs> so mean, mean about it. Yeah. Well, and so here, okay. So many of my notes were just like, I am hurting for all of these people. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let me ask a potentially controversial question. There is a point, so we get to this turn in the movie where she has gotten all her points and she's going to get to go to heaven 
but she has to wait for this one specific bus. And because of the holidays, the bus isn't running, which was insane to me because this bus only goes to heaven. It's not a real bus. <laughs> yes. So I don't know why it couldn't run other days, Apparently, but that's fine. people in heaven aren't paying any kind of attention around the holidays because also she got away with so much shit because they were at a birthday party. For yeah. Jesus. I loved that like casual mention no, of but like, then they were like, oh, him. It's it this other guy, Jesus. Marvin or something. Yeah. <laughs> it's for just a random guy guy who works in heaven yeah. <laughs> um but while she has this downtime and jason biggs is like don't fuck it up she immediately sees the man she was married to before she died who now has a new romantic partner she was aware of that part aka and- gideon from uh the uh, ABC Family show called Beautiful People. It was like when ABC Family tried to make a knockoff of Gossip Girl in like 2000. You guys don't remember this? No. This is this is why we're gonna have a new segment that's like Hannah tell us all the people in this movie and what they're from. <laughs> he um, played that actor played the main girls. It was about like a poorer girl whose mom from was Nebraska, Daphne, Daphne Zuniga. Um, from Nebraska. Her two daughters. Actually, Sophie. Hannah is not having my Nebraska joke right now. Yes, Go ahead, Hannah. From Nebraska. Um, the other, her sister is played by Spencer's sister from Pretty Little Liars. That's how long that gal was on ABC. Now you're talking my language. For. Good for her. Um, Get that work. But they start going to like a prep school in New York. And her friend is this, is, is uh, Brenda Song's husband in this movie. But he's like friend zoned by her. The whole show. Anyway. Hey, friends. For the one other person who gets that reference, you're welcome. We will not. I'm so sorry. We will not allow airspace to the idea of being friend zoned. Women are allowed to have platonic friends and not want to fuck them. (laughs) And men can just relax. Oh, God. Sorry. My iPad unplugged itself. Um, Okay. So here's a maybe unpopular question. We get this turn, right? She meets her former husband. Or she sees him and she is not allowed to interact with him or anything. And she's like, but what if I just interact with him and he doesn't know who I am? Or you lose all your points is the risk. Right. And so like where we are now is she's like really skirting the line with this guy. She's pretending to be like a really nice person who hangs out at the bus station in New York to pick up tourists and like guide them through new york city and his partner is like everything about him (laughs) right and his partner is like right and his partner is like this seems incredibly weird and we should not go with her and she is honestly my main beef is she's so mean to her husband's new partner and he never says shit like that's what I said. When I said like I physically hurt for the people, no one did I hurt more for than his girlfriend. I was Jill, like, this is Jill. So sad. poor Jill. Like Jill's not poor doing anything Jill. wrong. Um, when yeah. she said to her, when she ordered her soup, and she said, "How did you know I like soup?" And she goes, "You look like someone who likes soup." Yeah, based on your outfit. <laughs> I could, yeah, based on your outfit, I can tell you're someone who likes soup. I was like, "Damn!" She also, also keeps say- introducing her to people and being like, "This is whatever her husband's name is," and she's like, "This is so and so. He's wonderful. He's into this. He likes this. He likes this." And then he's like, "And that's Jill." Or she's like, <laughs> she makes them walk for miles, and they have with to cut all it short, their belongings with all their luggage, which she does not help carry. And eventually they have to stop because Jill starts getting blisters on her feet. And Brenda Song is like, Pike is like, well, the thing about New York is that it just like can tell who can handle it and who can't. Like everything she says is so fucking mean to this person. And the and guy doesn't say, do anything. Like you talked about with like normal tropes with Christmas movies that this didn't really abide by is normally like if there's another love interest, they're a terrible person or they have some kind of redeeming quality yeah. where like you're not rooting for them. And her, it's like, no, she rescued him from his like so, like deep sadness after losing his wife. They He's both like lost a supportive. spouse and found each other to raise each other right. out of those pits. And it's just like, well, guess what? Get fucked now. <laughs> <laughs> Get fucked, Jill. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so all of this leads to Brenda Song taking what is the husband's name like I feel bad that I don't I want to say Kyle was it Kyle I have the IMDB pulled up it'll just take we me a second Patrick Patrick Patrick, Patrick. oh it's Patrick so Patrick baby. Pike takes Patrick and Jill 
Two, Barker is the name of the guy she's sleeping with. That's his last name. His first name is James. It's a real point of contention that she never learned his first name. Yes. And he also has- that actor is John Favreau's brother, and he was on the television Mindy Kaling's uh, television show Champions. That was great. If you guys never watched it, wild one season. It was him wild. and Anders Holm. Anyway, sorry. <laughs> oh my gosh, that's a lot to take in. But uh, it's Barker- where him and Anders are brothers, and they own a gym. And then they find out that Mindy Kaling and Anders uh, had a fling in college, and she had a baby and never told him. And so he starts taking care of his, like, 11-year-old Indian son. <laughs> Amazing. I love that, and I will watch it. Um, so everyone pull up Champions so you can watch it later. But Barker had invited Pike to, like, a Christmas dinner at his house. They work at a restaurant. He's a chef. Um and she's she's like I probably can't make it blah 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 but now she wants to impress Patrick and she wants an excuse to keep hanging out with him and Jill after she gets caught so she's like oh if you want like really good eggnog in New York I'm going to this party later with like one of the best chefs in New York and you guys can come with me so not only does she bring strangers to this man's house <laughs> but then she just like acts like a complete dick she's really mean to everybody and so we have are what I do think is very on trope for this movie, which is like the morning after this person did something and like hurt everyone, right? And now it's like, okay. On Christmas Eve. But pre-morning, I feel like we need to talk about what happened that hurt everyone because it was the... It was so long and so (laughs) uncomfortable. Ryan, can you you explain to us what she did at this dinner party that made everyone so upset? Wait, before we go into that, I want to ask Ryan really quick, as an eggnog connoisseur, what do you make of the fact that she said that Barker makes the best eggnog in, like, the history of the world because he puts maple syrup in it? I'd have to try it. That was an interesting suggestion. I was like, honestly, probably pretty good to put maple syrup. I'm usually just, like, a plain Jane bourbon guy, bourbon and eggnog, or... If I want to get crazy, I'll make like a white Russian, but with eggnog instead of half and half. So vodka and Kahlua and it's very But this guy's making his own eggnog from scratch. Yeah, which I think would be really good. That's a whole other game. I think it would be very, very good. He deserves so much Such a sweetheart. (laughs) But anyway, they all gather around the table at the end of the night. Pike has been terrible to everyone the whole time, except Patrick. Terrible to everyone except Patrick. But arguably kind of terrible to Patrick because she's She's been creepy nice to him. Yeah. They all gather around uh, the table. Barker gave her Barker gave her a toothbrush as her as her Christmas gift to like basically be like you should move in with me or like we should yep. feel more at home. Stay there. over, mm-hmm. which she used to stir more alcohol into her drink. Yes. <laughs> they all sit down at the table, and Barker's like, "Hey guys, my family has this crazy tradition at the end of the year <laughs> where <laughs> everybody shares what they're thankful for." And I'm like, "Fuck you, man! That's that's every family on the face there." Like, that's what people do at the end of the year. I just, that line, I was like, this is hysterical. But anyway. So really, you Brenda songed him, because she immediately makes <laughs> yeah. fun of him and is like, like, boom, Barker burn. I but love then, that she did that, though, because when he said that, I was like, oh, yeah, you're the first one to ever yeah. come up with that. And she was yeah. like, Every, everybody does that on Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this is Christmas. Yeah. She was so basically they, making fun of him for doing it on the wrong holiday, which seemed like a weird thing. They go around, they're all sharing things. It gets to Patrick and Jill, who again, strangers to everyone there, get very personal about like having lost their spouses, how they rescued each other. Again, just talking about how necessary the other one is in their lives and how like strong their bond is and just heartbreaking and they're sharing it to, again, a group of complete strangers. Uh, Super, super uncomfortable. And then it gets to Pike, and she basically just details very specific and personal references to her and her ex-husband's relationship from before she was dead, staring deeply into his eyes. (laughs) And he's crying, and she's kind of crying, and it was, it It went on for so long. Yeah, it's hard to watch. And then he gets up and runs out of the room. (laughs) I have to say, honestly, an attest to their act, to everyone's acting, is that it was like, 
painfully uncomfortable. Yeah. And especially the way that, especially the way that they were both like bawling. I was just like, oh my God, this is so yes. uncomfortable. <laughs> Dark, and very they dark. proceed, she proceeds to follow him into the bathroom where he's gone to compose himself and is like, I am your dead wife. And then, <laughs> then they start smooching and then Jill walks in. And so everyone's mad because like Jill's partner is kissing someone else. Barker is like, Pike, why did you bring this man to my house and then make out with him in my bathroom? Like everyone's mad, which is... Fair. And Barker's thing he was thankful for was Pike, right? Wasn't was he her. Like, yeah. yeah, I'm so happy for like the relationship we've had together. And she was like, ah, fuck you. <laughs> so here's where we'll I'm going to come we'll in. get back to that because I have some feelings about No, that, we're but... getting into that right now. Here's oh, okay. <laughs> my hot take. Here's my hot take. When she's like talking to everyone the next day and like really learning the full extent of how she hurt people, Barker's grievance is that, so he's apparently wanted to go to Paris his whole life. This was an earlier throwaway line. Um, His grievance is that he was invited to attend an incredibly prestigious cooking program in Paris, and he turned it down for her, and he's mad at her. And I think that's fucking bullshit. (laughs) I agree. And let, let me say... Their conversation, they had, I think their conversation, when he was basically like, what the fuck, why would you do this? And then she was like, whatever, I'm leaving forever anyway. Like, that was shitty, obviously. Right. when they talked, first of all, I feel this is true for everyone. Women, men, like, non-binary, anybody, any human being, and I say this to a lot of people in, like, who are dating- Nobody should ever be begging their partner to be with them. Mm-hmm. And I think a lot of times, like, when we see that in movies and TV and stuff, it's usually a woman, like, begging for a, a guy to choose her or something, which sucks. But I think it goes both ways. I think in in reality, it happens a lot where one partner can very quickly end up, like, begging the other person to just be, like, a decent partner to them. And so I think that for me in the beginning, I was like, poor, poor Barker. Like, I want better for this man. Like, he wants a relationship. He makes his own eggnog. He got her a toothbrush. Like, he's trying. And in the beginning, I was like, you know, good. Like, you know, I felt bad for him. I was like, I want that for him. Yeah, like, he deserves better. But also, when they did have their conversation... And she said to him at one point, she was like, I have always told you I don't want a relationship and I don't want anything serious. And perhaps your girl over here identifies <laughs> with that kind of uh, experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, because I personally feel like if you are in like a situationship with somebody, as long as you're being honest with them kind of like some some of the onus has to be on them as well like she we basically only ever see her be awful to him but like but like outspokenly so she's like I will never be in a relationship I won't I won't do anything coupley with you I don't want to do anything coupley with you and like when they have their confrontation and she's like, I've always been honest about that. And then he's like, well, I had this amazing opportunity and I didn't take it for you. And now I'm angry at you for the choice. I like, I totally yeah, agree with I you, like, Hannah. Cause no one asked you to do that. Yeah. I think, I think like, sorry for my rant. <laughs> no, I, that's fine. I had the same reaction. I feel, and I do want to hear Ryan's thoughts on this. Cause I think like, I don't know where you land on this, but I definitely felt like, I didn't think for most of this movie she was mean to him. Like, I think she was clear. I mean, there were situations where she was mean. But I think, like, a lot of their communication was her being, like, very cute and flirtatious with him, but also being very clear about what her boundaries were, which I don't think is unkind. And, like, I was annoyed on her behalf 
for some of the stuff he was doing. Like he was like when I didn't like when he got her a toothbrush because it's like she's been telling you she doesn't want this. And she told you the one time she slept over, it was because the weather's bad. And maybe she really did want to sleep over and that's okay. But if this woman has been saying to you for a year, like, all I want out of this relationship is sex. And you're like, you slept over one time. Like, can we get married now? Like, no, that's on that's you. True. That's she unfair. Slept over one time. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, the, <laughs> yeah. I was like, the part we didn't mention is, yeah, it's really, they sleep together there's really bad weather and she's like hey i'm gonna stay over and he's like oh look you're finally sleeping over and it's like right. literally so they've had this relationship for that long has never slept over and again has and been. she doesn't know his first name like yeah that's doesn't point. know his first name and then he's like oh one night toothbrush you're moving in <laughs> yeah. yeah i well it's also like how you said ryan earlier where it's like usually in the movie when there are two love interests they're especially in a like a cheesy TV Christmas movie, the person that we don't want them to be with, there's like a glaring reason why. He really wasn't like necessarily like overtly not the right choice for her. But like, so that made it, that's like different, I guess, than most movies that we see like this. But, but yeah, it's like, I mean, I don't even, I feel like if you were to ask him, like, because she doesn't, she's also doesn't share any information about herself because she mm-hmm. can't really. So with him being like, I didn't take this job for you and being like, I want you to move in and I love you. I feel quite confident that she could just as easily be like, what's my middle name? What's my yeah. favorite color? Where am she, I He would from? know and nothing about know. her. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. right. No, that's such a fair point. Um, well, and this is different than a lot of Christmas movies in that like, she ends up by herself, right? Like mm-hmm. she doesn't end up with either of the love interests, which is actually kind of rad. Um, I feel like they're like for a movie that is such a like fluffy holiday movie. I feel like we could talk about this forever, but we should start to wrap up. So I would love parting thoughts and Ryan, I'm going to let you go last since you picked. Um, Hannah, do you have any parting thoughts about this movie in terms of like stuff we didn't cover that you wanted to shout out? Um, a couple things. Number okay. one, everyone's so mean to Jill that she wants to see the Christmas tree at Rockefeller Center. <laughs> Which yeah. is like, like nor- that's what everybody I wants like to see. that's a see. very normal thing to do at Christmas time in New York City. Hashtag justice for Jill. It's just, <laughs> everyone is so mean to her. She was, like, she was like, I just want to see the Christmas tree. Also, the fact that Brenda Song could find everybody in like the course of a few hours in wildly different places all over the city. And Jill was at the tree at Rockefeller Center on Christmas Day. And she found her immediately. That's insane. Um, I um, have, a, like, a couple things I wanted to point out. Number one, um, when Jason Biggs is explaining, like, how heaven works, I love that he opens a window to show her, like, where heaven is. But it's just a bunch of clouds. She's like, I can't see anything. And he's like, oh, it's actually really overcast today. But usually you can see it over there. I love that. I thought it was great. And I also, I, I forgot that they actually showed you what heaven looked like. Mm-hmm. So I thought that, that was their way of like skirting around it, which I thought was great. In that same conversation, he says that Drake is an angel. Um, and in case people don't know, people who are listening who don't know me personally, I despise Drake. So I hate that Drake got a shout out for being an angel, not once, but twice. He also got a shout out at the end because they said he only uh, lends his private plane to angels, which doesn't seem very really angely to me. Can I also just throw in really quickly that I usually, like, if we had recorded this a week ago, I would have been here to defend that man. But he just released, uh, he has a song that has a line in it, like, dissing Megan the Stallion and saying she's lying about getting shot. So... I mean, fuck off, Drake. Anyway, continue, Hannah. Yeah, I really don't like Drake. He's not an angel. <laughs> but they also said that RuPaul was an angel. And I was like, absolutely believe that. 110%. I do love that, yes. Um, I feel like there's something I'm forgetting, but I can't remember. But may- mostly I just really wanted to, I didn't want to let any more time go on without pointing out that Drake is not an angel. Oh, and I also thought her coat game in this movie was really impressive. So good. The thing about these holiday movies is these women have so many beautiful coats. Beautiful like, coats. In this movie, because it was 2017, the infinity scarves are endless. 
Get it? I see what you did there. Uh, I'm going to use that to segue into my final thoughts. One of the things, my last note that I didn't get to, which Hannah teed me up for beautifully, is that this weekend, a dear friend of mine told me that someone recently told her that scarves are millennial glitter. Um, and that really killed me. And watching this movie, so many fucking scarves in the scene we talked about where Jason Biggs is like at the bar with his iPad eating head cheese and drinking a martini. He's wearing like a patterned collared sweater and also a scarf like wrapped around your neck when you do like a slip knot, like the silliest way to wear a scarf. Um, I just loved it. Overall, like I just really had so much fun watching this movie and I really enjoyed, um... Like, I think it's fun and interesting to talk about, like, what heaven could look like. I feel like this movie, in some ways, like, had real good place vibes. Yes. Um, and so, like, I just had so much fun watching it. Um, heaven is an exclusive you? country club. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, exactly. Also, the fact that in heaven, she's like, you can get anything you want, and people just, like, appear to give it to you. But then I was like, who are those people? Right. Are they not people at all? Do they just exist in heaven or like are they in some kind of purgatory? <laughs> or maybe you like take turns like every like 100 years it's your day to like give people stuff. That's a really good question, Hannah. I was like, I, who are those people? How did they get here? I was also wondering from the wardrobe department, like every outfit that Brenda Song wears in heaven is amazing. But so many other people are just in like dockers and polos. And I was like, yeah. you could have just anything country you want club in heaven and you're just like, golf, please bring me just dockers and a polo. <laughs> I love when she talked about Heaven was also incredibly white. Yes. Hot tubs, hot tubs in, uh, hot tubs on earth are just like hot buckets of spit. And then he, she says to, to, uh, Leonard, she's like, how long have we been in this hot tub? And he's like, two weeks. And they're like, yeah. Ah. <laughs> yeah amazing. amazing. Also, I feel like the fact, or we didn't mention that the guy who plays Leonard in this is, um, in like a lot of a, a bunch of different horror movies a but... lot of horror yeah see we're keeping it adjacent so it, it counts yeah it counts so ryan take us home what are your parting thoughts on angry angel parting thoughts a few pieces that we didn't get to mention that i loved i thought hannah was gonna mention when she said when they when jason biggs is first explaining how heaven works but one of my favorite like jokes callback jokes in the whole movie as he's explaining how the point like how heaven you can get anything you want and they bring it to you and she's like oh it's like olive garden and then when they're in heaven they're in the hot tub and an olive garden waiter <laughs> brings over a thing full of breadsticks and she's like yes the breadsticks really are unlimited and i loved it like she brought up olive garden so many times yeah so I love also, that. I just want to mention that my uh, current partner used to work at Olive Garden. So. <laughs> Ooh. Does he so have you live in heaven recipe? all the time. <laughs> and the way he's described it is that, it, yeah, it, it is like heaven there. <laughs> <laughs> um, the two, I can't remember if we did specify, but I feel like it's important to clarify that right after the falling out night with her, with everyone. Oh, yeah. She, and she makes up with them. She ends up making it into heaven but then realizes something catastrophic is about to happen to Barker and finds a way to basically sin in heaven to get kicked out to go back to save him. And we talked about how, like, the... Usually, like, there's some kind of lesson of, like, either they they end up with someone or they realize they're okay with if they're on their own. But one thing that I did end up really, really liking about the movie, because, again, we talked about how, like, the angels are all so selfish and so materialistic, and it's all just about the points to get into heaven. I feel like the the Christmas lesson, which is what, like, I always look for in Christmas movies about, like, what's the holiday spirit, what's the message, was, like, throughout the whole movie everyone's racing to do like these pointless little things like try to a, a lot of them are like very menial tasks like this guy's computer's about to crash and he's writing this horrible love song and she gets like two points for doing that like little things like that that aren't really meaningful but they're rushing 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 to get a couple points but then when you do like the truly selfless tasks that you're not doing to earn points but for the good of others you get a lot more points. And that like I also love that as she's explaining she's learned this grand message, Jason Biggs immediately cuts her off and is like, alright, alright, we don't need to hear a whole lecture about like how the point system works. <laughs> um, but I did appreciate that that like when they're having those conversations, she they were just like, it's not about the miracles, it's about like or like the grand gestures. It's just about leaving people better than they were when you found them. And I was like, that's a very sweet 
Christmas message. I love Although that. that reminds me what I forgot to say. Ryan reminded me. So after she leaves heaven to go save Barker, and then he ends up meeting who's basically like, I guess, is going to be his soulmate because she's French and he's always wanted to go to France. And he's supposedly <laughs> heartbroken, but is just like, oh, hey, you okay. just saw me for the first time. Do you want to go? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're French. Also, We're going to be the best. <laughs> also, like, to be so comfortable just doing your daily jog in like an abandoned warehouse <laughs> district. Ah, uh, yes, like, to be a white be man. Nice. Yeah. But um <laughs> that is not that's not something I feel like most people would be comfortable with in the industrial areas of Queens. Of New York, yeah. yeah. So, but anyway, what I was going to say or what I thought about earlier when we talked about it. So she did that, right? Because she saw his like his miracle, like no one was accepting it and she was worried he's going to die. She ends up getting penalized for that and having to go back to Earth and re-earn, like, her points. So my question for you guys, actually, if something like that doesn't actually get you into heaven, why not just tell your significant other from your previous life that you are who you are and live with them on earth while you can like if you're gonna be an angel anyway right and if they're gonna take your points away for but then it's a captain america classic captain america situation where you're gonna stay young forever and you're just gonna have to watch the person you love slowly get older well and here's the other thing hannah hannah i think the question you're asking is is really pointing to a fatal flaw in this movie which is that like in this model getting into heaven is like whose line is it anywhere anyway where like the points don't matter and are like randomly assigned because you're right like that's such a good point if anything was going to get her enough points to be in heaven or like prove that she learned to be completely selfless it would be that she gave up an eternity in heaven to save this man's life and when she did it she didn't even like talk to him like she didn't talk to him she didn't like she didn't go back to get back together with him or anything right she just wanted him to be safe and they were like now you have to earn twice as many points to get back to heaven because she stole gandhi's car and it seems like he runs shit up there it does (laughs) feel that way um okay well this has been great we are going to no longer uh, rank things in terms of Bloody Marys because Hannah actually can't have Bloody Marys anymore. Uh, tomatoes don't agree with her. We should have said because we should have said because Pike drank them all. Yeah, exactly. Also that. So um, on a scale of one to five of whatever you are currently drinking, how would you rate this movie? Uh, Ryan, you can go first. How many eggnogs would you give this movie? Three and a half eggnogs with a bourbon floater on top. Ooh, that's beautiful. (laughs) Hannah, how about you? Um, I give this movie I think I'll I'll agree with Ryan. Um, I'll give it three and a half. Um, I don't even know what to call what I've been drinking. But Peach Balls. Peach (laughs) balls. Peach balls. I'm sorry, fire peach balls? That sounds so... Wait. Fire peach balls. Now I want to call it fire crotch, but... (laughs) (laughs) Also that. Peach balls sounds so upsetting. Um, No, peach balls is great. I would say three and a half... Well, three peach balls and then... um, No, three and a half peach balls, but I would put maple syrup in them because I feel like that could help save the taste of my drink. And it was poignant to the movie. At least Love mask it. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> At it's least not- hair mask it. <laughs> In the course of us recording, and this has gotten less cold, it's gotten worse. Also, sorry, Ryan. That was that was pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I feel like I'm going to stay right uh, in line with y'all. I'm going to go... Um, I'm going to mix up the drinks, but it's going to even out to three. I'm going to do two whiskeys. But I'm not trying to get absolutely hammered, so we're going to do two whiskeys and a port. Uh, feels like that's a respectable angel drink. Um, so we are going this to works close. because she ordered three whiskeys in the beginning of the movie. So right, like exactly. Foretold. For, for she knew how in we were going to land. 
Um, to, to wrap up this episode, I would like uh, to give a little test run, try a little test run of what's going to be our new closing segment. Since we are aspiring to sort of be your like informal boozy brunch uh, chat, I want to know what you're going to be sharing with folks at brunch this weekend. Uh, which one of you would like to go first? I can go first. <laughs> Thank you, Ryan. So I won't talk about Zach Bryan because it's all I talk about to anyone who will Feels listen. like you just talked about Zach <laughs> but Bryan. But I still but... slipped his name in. Uh, yeah, all I could talk about all year. But no, I have been super into, I think Sophie actually sent you one of her songs. This other, I'm all country right now because Yellowstone's out. So it's just on my mind constantly. Um, but Leah Blevins had one of my, she made my top five for songs like, or top five songs I listened to this year on Spotify. Her song, First Time Feeling. But she's got like a real kind of Dolly Parton-y voice, oh, I love very that twangy. Song. It's so good, and I finally it was on like our blended playlist. Yeah, and now that it's like now that I saw it pop up again in my top five, I've been listening to her album, and it's it's all so good. She has really really good music, great storytelling, and just a phenomenal voice, which is what I look for in country music. There has to be some kind of story in the lyrics, not just two words and repeating the chorus over and over and over again. <laughs> That's awesome. Hannah, what about you? What are you going to be chatting about at brunch? Um, okay, well, my newest obsession is also a music one. I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce her name. I think it's it's L, it's either Lucala or Lukaya. It's L-U space K-A-L-A. Um, but she's like a pop R&B artist. She's Canadian and Congolese, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, she has a song right now that I guarantee you in the new year is going to be all over like tiktok and everything because it's called pretty girl era you probably already heard because there's a part in it that's like i'm in my pretty girl era like it's gonna blow up but she's really really good and um in particular she has a song called body new where it's like about after you break up with someone and she's like i wish my body knew like that i'm over Mm. you (laughs) Mm -hmm. it's amazing But she's really good. Like, her, I've been listening to her a lot, um, and really, like, all of her, all of her singles so far are amazing. Like, I think her first album was called Worthy, and then her new album is gonna be Pretty Girl Era, but similar to, like, Lizzo vibes, um, in the level of, like, you know, like, being very empowering, but it's a little more, like, R&B. That's awesome. This is the one I've been waiting to tell you about, Sophie. I know. Hannah's been saving this. You're going to love her. (laughs) That's awesome. Um, Well, my thing is tangentially related to music. So I have been re-watching the first season of Yellow Jackets in preparation for the second season, which will be coming out uh, later in 2023. Uh, And everyone who's ever listened to... 28 Days Later is well aware that one of my all-time favorite podcasts is Buffering the Vampire Slayer. Um, in our off time, I even dragged Hannah to a live recording in Chicago. And while those ladies are on break, because they have finished covering all of Buffy, they are releasing episodes of a spinoff podcast they did about Yellow Jackets. I think it came out a year or so ago. But it was only for patrons, um, which I am, but I was waiting until they finished with Buffy and I was really missing them and they read my mind. And so now they're releasing them to the full audience. Um, it's just like a short episode by episode of the sh- of uh, Yellow Jackets. It's called Doom Coming. And since I've been rewatching Yellow Jackets, I had a fucking bananas realization that I need to share with both of you. So last week I was at my office have either of you watched Yellow Jackets? Hannah has, I'm pretty sure. I have. Ryan, have Ryan? you? No. I feel like Ryan would not. I feel like if Ryan had seen it, we would know because in the early episodes, there's like a the there's like a figure that appears sometimes. And I feel like as soon as Ryan would have seen that, he would have like never would put that show on ever again. <laughs> <laughs> um. So I I. Uh, Ryan, what you don't know about Yellow Jackets is it has a super iconic opening theme song and like opening credits. It's really spectacular. 
So I was sitting at my desk last week, as stated, I've been watching a lot of Yellow Jackets. That morning I had watched the third episode, which is the first one where the opening credits play. Hmm. And at the end of my workday, I had listened all the way through uh, the Rumors album by Fleetwood Mac and Spotify to that thing where it's like, here's other stuff you might like. And they, it played Don't Fear the Reaper by Blue Oyster Cult, which I do like. Very good job, Spotify. But I heard the craziest thing, which is that the Yellow Jackets theme song interpolates the guitar solo from Don't Fear the Reaper. So everyone, please listen for just one moment. I'm going to blow your minds. This is Don't Fear the Reaper. Yellow Jackets. Guys, when I discovered this... When you played when the I Go Through the Reaper, I was like, what? It blew my mind. I have not stopped thinking about it since last Wednesday. Uh, I just I cannot believe that no one else has realized this before. I'm sure someone has, but I'm just like, maybe no one has. I don't know. I love it so much. I can't get it out of my brain. And so I will be telling everyone at brunch about this. In particular, the reason I started watching that show was because of my friend Ryan. Not you, Ryan. You guys aren't friends. We're not friends. We're family. <laughs> um, my friend is the one who got me to watch it, and he's really into music, so I can't believe he didn't say that. Well, please make sure that he knows, um, and then tell him that I figured it out. Thank you all so much for joining us for a new episode of 28 Days Later. You can find me online at Phillies Femme. That's Phillies like the baseball team, Femme like the French lady on Instagram and Twitter. Ryan, where can people find you on the internet? I run on beer on everything. YouTube.com slash I run on beer. It's fantastic. And Hannah, what about you? Um, I'm on Instagram. You don't, I don't want you to find me. (laughs) (laughs) I don't want to be fat. Slowly coming out of the social media shell. I've been watching those posts. (laughs) (laughs) She's doing it all. Well, you can follow us uh, on socials. It's been so long since we did this. I can't remember our handles, but I'll put them in the show notes, along with links to all the brunch topics that we discussed. And Hannah, I think there's one thing you wanted to make sure that our listeners knew before we go. Yes, especially our brother. (laughs) Always pee after sex. Anatomy of a Scream, Pod Squad.